Hello, welcome to episode four of the Hobby Ballers podcast, joined by Devin Whitaker, as always. Um, today we're going to do a few different things. We're going to play a game of real or fake. Um, we're going to do some trivia, and then we're going to do our historical section. We're going to dig into some, talk about some point guards. How's it going today, Devin? I'm doing well. Glad to be back for another episode of the best podcast around, Hobby Ballers. Yeah, for sure. And hey, you guys, uh, these listeners, you guys need to tell your friends about our podcast. Get more listeners. Tell your, tell your family. Tell your buddies. Our listeners have gone down every episode. So come on, we need your, we need your guys to support. Tell your friends about us. Get the word out there about the Hobby Ballers podcast. We got to take down some of the other ones. We got to become right. more popular. So. The viewership's gone down, but the content has gone up. So there's yeah. the trend is not not right. <laughs> The podcast has been getting better, the writing, the directing, everything, you know, all the stuff's been getting better. So we need you guys to, need you guys to get out and listen. Um, tell your, tell your friends about us. We are on Zoom again today, we should mention. Um, the audio, audio seemed to turn out well last week, so we'll be back on track, maybe in person next week for the first time, or for not first time in a while at least, in person to record again. Um, and we should also have some uh, special guests um coming here soon so another reason to listen uh you ready to get started with the game of real or fake Devin? yeah i'm i'm good with that or, or we could also talk about the uh just kind of oh, the, some yeah. recent news going on real quick we should start um, with that yeah yeah so basically it's not a secret anymore at this point but the uh coronavirus is a real thing and uh it's here in the NBA. Um, it's the first time they've really been affected by it since uh, last March. The bubble did a great job, really, of uh, containing all of that. But um, now that things are kind of going back to normal, just I think we should at least talk about kind of some things that have kind of happened. Um, I know that the 76ers had to play a game with eight players. They uh, almost pulled it out in one, I think. Point Dwight. Point Dwight. Tyrese Maxey played well, I think that's his name. Um but, yeah, they played a game with eight players against the Nuggets, and then uh, there's been a bunch of cancellations. I would list them, but there's been a, there's been kind of a ton lately, so we don't have to go through every single one. But it seems like certain teams have really uh, gotten a hit with it, and then teams that they've played, they've gone back and kind of contact trace, or at least that's kind of my thinking. It's kind of been what's happening. Um, but, yeah, I just think – I think the NBA – I've seen people freaking out about it being going to be shut down again. I don't think it's, that's going to be the case. I think uh, they definitely planned for this. And uh, most recently the NFL finished their entire season, college football finished their entire season. So I don't think there's anything to worry about with the, uh, with the NBA. I think they kind of, they knew this was going to be a possibility at some point. And I'm, I've got faith in Adam Silver that he'll get it worked out for sure. Yeah, I mean, things are bad, but I mean, I, for, for a minute, I thought they might cancel the season, but they don't want to lose money. At the at end of the day, that's what it's all about is maintaining that money, maintaining that income, because they already lost a bunch last season. Um, and I don't think they want to lose out on that. Things are bad. And I mean, I think a bubble might be a possibility later in the season. If things are still bad and they get down to 10, 20 games left, um, I think they could go back to a bubble. I think the playoffs, I think, they might be for the playoffs. They might be in a bubble. Um, but also, who knows about the vaccine getting out? Maybe the vaccine will be more widely available. Um, they're not going to do it until it won't look bad on them. If it looks bad on them, they're not going to get the vaccine. But when, once they can get away with it without it looking bad on them, they're, all their players will have it. Well, the ones that want to get it. Dwight Howard probably won't because we know how he feels about stuff like that. But he's an idiot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So um, And then I guess we could talk about Kyrie, too. 
That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't it? So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say something about him. In the beginning, when he, was, when he sat out that first game, you heard he wasn't playing. I figured I, I was siding with him because I figured it was because of the stuff that was going on at the Capitol. And he's talked mm-hmm. about before how that stuff really affects him. So I was yeah. really trying to side with him and see his point of view. But then he never came out and said anything, never used his platform to talk about anything. He didn't say he was, oh, donating to this cause or anything. He was just gone off the face of the earth. Like, well, okay, that's kind of weird. And then the, the video came out of him maskless at his sister's birthday party, which is crazy. I mean, it has to look bad for, for, for the team. You know, the players uh-huh. have to hate that. I mean, and there's already rumblings of the, the rest of the team not being happy. Um, so what do you think about the whole Kyrie situation? Yeah, that definitely uh, – that makes him look like um, – look really bad. But also, like you said, the team, I think uh, – that the Nets, they were pretty, they were obviously a really tight knit group. I remember they had that run in the playoffs um, when they went against the 76ers a couple years ago with the whole uh, Jared Dudley stare thing. But um, yeah, I think that does kind of hurt them. You know, these two stars come in and it just kind of, it kind of makes Kyrie seem to be like he's above everybody else and kind of gets to do whatever he wants. Um, So yeah, I think the team wouldn't take a liking to that at all. And it does make the team look bad. And uh also, kind of the league as a whole, when one of your star players is uh, out there doing things like that, I mean, I, I think it's fine for him to be at his sister's party, but just the whole maskless thing, especially with how, how strict his kind of protocols are, um, and he knew kind of the consequences going into that. But, um, yeah, it's just not a, not a great look. I mean, I just – did you hear did you hear Stephen A's comments? I just saw him before we started recording. Uh-huh. Stephen A just said he should retire. He should retire. Oh, wow. <laughs> Stephen A came out and said, you know, she retired. And, you know, like, you know, this cold chemistry thing, it's not the first time it's happened. Yeah. You know, and he's such a weird guy. I really don't get it. Because he was, like, so popular back when he was in Cleveland and even a little bit past uh-huh. that. He was one of the most popular players in the league, you know, fan-wise. And he's just so – he's a weird guy. I don't get it. He came in. He messed up the Celtics chemistry. He's doing it again in Brooklyn. And if I'm Durant, I know that's his friend, but I'm – I'm going to management like, hey, you guys should trade him. I know they're friends, but if Durant really wants to win, because he's been awesome this year. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at that. I'm like, I, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want him. I don't know if I want him on this team anymore. Yeah. The Nets have shown that they can definitely do well without, without Kyrie. Durant is, Durant's a monster right now. So, yeah, I don't know. Kyrie's played 26 total games since he signed as a net. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and then more on the COVID stuff, George Hill's comments, they, they were they were kind of dumb too, kind of pissed me off. He's like, did you hear about that? Came I did not hear said, about that. Yeah, he's like, I'm a grown man. If I want to go out and do things, go to my go to my family member's house, I'm going to do that. It's like, well, you know, that's not the point, dude. You know, you're yeah. playing in the season, you're getting paid to play this game. And, you know, I understand it sucks, but it sucks for everyone right now. No mm-hmm. one should be going out and doing a bunch of things around a lot of people right now. And, you know, if he wants the season to continue, you know, and he should, he should just follow the protocols and stuff. It's going to suck, but it'll yeah. be worth it in the long run. So. Yeah. I did not hear about the George Hill comments. Those were, that's kind of strange of him. I think he's normally a, he's normally a pretty well-liked guy. He was, yeah. he's kind of started the movement in that bubble with the black lives matter. Um, but yeah, that's, that's strange. So I know they've been talking about it some lately. We won't stick on it too long because we'll try to get into some of our other stuff. What do you think about expansion? The first time, the first time Adam Silver came out and said anything, that's a possibility it's going to happen. Seattle's mayor came out and was talking about she would like to get the team back there. 
-hmm. So and it would be um, big. I remember, I can't remember who wrote it, but it was on The Athletic. Somebody came out and wrote this article, how it would really, you know, help boost the revenue that the teams have lost out on. It could hurt teams long run with revenue, but short term, it could really try to recover some of the money they've lost. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear the word expansion all the time in a sports league, but when you hear the commissioner say it, it's a, it's a, it's a big difference and a real um, possibility. I know that I think it would be good for the league just in a bunch of ways. It would uh, obviously make them more money. And I think in a fan's perspective, I would always enjoy to kind of see a team grow like from the ground up. I know most recently, I think the NFL had a team. Well, the NHL had one, but I'm not a big, not a big hockey guy, so I couldn't really get into that. But um, the NFL, they added a Houston and Jacksonville, I think, and kind of watching those two franchises really grow into, uh, um, you know, just franchises now where you are kind of they're like cemented and they've kind of been there for a while. So I think that would be cool for me from a fan's perspective for sure. And one more thing on that, it'd probably change teams around too. Because it looks like the first uh -huh. two places to get one would probably be um, Seattle and Las Vegas, would be my guess. So it'd be mm -hmm. interesting because it would probably shift some of the um, Western Conference teams to the East. Memphis yeah. would probably be the first because they're in the mm -hmm. East. And then probably maybe a Minnesota, someone like that. So yeah. it would also shift those things around. Yeah. So. It would shift conferences up. And also, you got to think how are those teams going to get players? I think that would, they'd have to go to an expansion draft. So yeah. that could be uh, that could be exciting as well. It'd be fun, something to change things up. Mm -hmm. so. But yeah, so, um, other than uh, kind of current events going on, we can get into our first kind of segment here of uh, pretenders versus for realers. I guess I don't know. We'll have to come up with a name for it unless you got yeah. something, Nick. Yeah, no, real versus pretending, something like that. So yep. for this section, we each chose two teams and two players um, for real and pretending. Um, so we'll start off with our teams. Um, you want to start off with a real or pretending, Devin? Um, we could do our teams who are pretending. All right. Get us, you want to get us started on that one? Um, yeah, sure. Got to find it here. We got a big document here. Yeah. Sure. But uh, teams who are pretending. My first team, I went with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, so I, right now they're sitting at six and five, um, pretty high up in the East. I know they're a playoff team, but um, I'm just not sure if Hayward's going to be able to carry them for the whole season, um, especially a big, long 82-game NBA schedule. I know they shortened it this year. Um, I still don't see Hayward really being able to do that on his own. Um, Terry Rozier so far has played uh, great for them, same as LaMelo Ball. I think uh, Terry is actually their second leading scorer um, and kind of their second option, but I think the – Later in the year, they'll start to experiment with uh, starting LaMelo instead. LaMelo still hasn't started a game, which I thought was uh, a little strange. But um, I think they'll definitely try to start him. I think that could uh, mess up chemistry just a little bit. Um, and Because like, every team with a new change in a starting lineup, they'll have to adapt. I know that Cody Zeller's also been hurt, and they'll probably put him back in the rotation at some point just because he's a Charlotte Hornet legend. <laughs> and uh, just I expect them to, towards the end of the year, I'll, I expect them to be – fighting around for an eight or a nine seed. And I think if you're a Charlotte Hornet fan at the beginning of the year, if I told you, like, you know, you'd be around that eight or nine range, I think you might be happy with that. I don't know if you would agree with that. But they've been uh, pretty pretty bad for so long that I think they would take a playoff a playoff push. Yeah. I mean, Hayward's been really good at times. Like, if you watch him, he kind of looks like his old self. But then he'll have games where he just comes out and it's like 10, 12, 13 points. He's been kind of inconsistent in that regard. He's had more good games than bad ones. Um, but I don't know. I think they could be a top eight seed, really. I think they could be in that 
six, seven, eight range because mm-hmm. I think you look at the East and outside of the top five teams, it's not very good. It's really yeah. not. You have your Philly, you have Bucks, um, Heat, Indiana, and who am I missing? One team in there. The Nets. Did I say the Nets? I don't think it's the Nets. I might, might have been the team yeah, you missed. You have, you have five teams there. And outside of that, I mean, I think it's fair game for anyone besides just mm-hmm. short, besides Detroit probably because they're a joke. But, um, yeah. I mean, for any outside of that, I mean, I think it's fair game for anyone to get those six, seven, eight seeds. So Charlotte could end up, I think, with a six seed in mm-hmm. reality. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. Well, Melo's looked good. He has. Yeah, he has. He's probably the rookie of the year favorite right now. Getting yeah, a lot of I highlights so. plays into it, mm-hmm. and he's been, he's been really good. Um, I think he has a yeah. high ceiling. I think his ceiling's probably higher than his brother, on honestly. So. Yeah, I could um, see that as well. Just I think he came in the league a lot younger than Lonzo might have. Yeah. But the only concern for me is just Hayward being able to do that for the entirety of his season. He has looked good, though. I'm a big Gordon fan. Love those Indiana connections. But uh, just that's the only reason I think they're pretending. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they're probably going to be a first-round exit no matter what, no matter what seed they get. But um, mm-hmm. against those other five teams in the East that look really good, honestly. Um, so, yeah. I guess I'll jump into my first pretending team here. Um, let's see. See who I have here. Um, all right. The Hawks, stick in the Eastern Conference. You know, I I like them. That Those first you know, six, seven, eight games of the season, they were looking good. All their, offensively, I'm pretty sure they were leading the league in offensive rating for a minute there. Um, but the chemistry stuff, the recent stuff that came out, the John Collins stuff, like that's really mm-hmm. concerning. Uh, bringing up the questions about how Trey Young is running the offense, you know. And, you know, I don't, I don't completely disagree with Collins there, you know. I mean, Trey Young is a very ball-dominant player. Uh, he, he dribbles the ball a lot. He does the same thing over and over on plays. And, you know, I've never been a big fan of Trey Young. I don't think he has an ability to carry a team. I really don't. Um, I mean, he's a good offensive player. His defense is a huge liability. And I just don't think the way he plays is winning basketball. And maybe that will change for him. He's still young. I think him kind of switching into that Steph Curry mold might be better. You know, Steph Curry plays off the ball a lot. He's constantly mm-hmm. moving. He's constantly trying to get open for a shot. So I think – I don't think it would hurt the Hawks to get a secondary playmaker. So Trey Young's not just pounding the ball 24-7. Um, mm-hmm. And the foul stuff is really annoying too. I mean, every time he drives, he just stops yeah. and hopes somebody runs mm-hmm. into him, which that's another conversation. But the, rule, the, league, the league really needs to – change that rule um in my opinion because it's an awful call you just stop and let somebody run into you and you get a foul call um i don't know um all right uh we're gonna take a short break here and we'll be uh, right back kind of something little come up here i'm good whenever all right back here after short intermission had a important phone call to take um but yeah back mm-hmm. to the hawks um did you see the the um trey young's dad thing uh-uh, i had heard he about liked, that um, he liked a tweet about firing lloyd pierce oh wow atlanta <laughs> something about oh time to fire lloyd pierce it's nate mcmillan time because he's over there oh, no. assistant now um so that, that could that, that could be something that's coming though if they keep not performing i mean Nate McMillan, sometimes you see these teams hire, like, old head coaches of other teams that couldn't get jobs, and it's almost like insurance, like head coach insurance. Like, oh, well, we're going to fire our head coach. We have this other really good head coach, another team we're going to hire. So 
We could be seeing mm-hmm. Nate McMillan um, as a head coach of the Hawks here soon. Yep. Nate, I mean, Nate with his, uh, another head coaching job. Yeah. I mean, just we're watching him on the Pacers. I don't know if his defensive philosophy is going to work well with Mr. Young over there, the point guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, uh, I don't think Trey's a winning player at the end of the day. Um, yeah. Yeah, when that's you all said I have. That, I agree. You had kind of talked about how Trey is not a winning player, and uh, I really do agree on that. I think uh, where you go, Oklahoma for college, I really don't think yeah. they did anything special there either. I know they they made the tournament a couple times, but they were always like an eight nine C. I don't think they ever won the Big Twelve. But yeah, um, I think he's a good player for sure. He definitely needs to work on his defense. But him at twenty two, being able to kind of carry and lead a team, um, I'm not sure if that's going to work. Um, Look at the Hawks are really young. I just looked at that. They are they're a young team. Um, yeah, I think the Josh Collins kind of rumors saying that he doesn't know if Trey Young is a uh, working the offense well. Um, that's something to note. Also, the coach that's something to note. But yeah, um, I agree that the Hawks are a pretending team for sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, who do you have mm-hmm. as your uh, second pretending team? My next pretending team is the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. So they are five and five. They lost last night to the Spurs. Um, I just think the Thunder, I think they're even worse than a 500 team record uh, through 10 games or 500. But I think they're a lot worse than that. Um, they have very few close games. They're either blowout wins or losses. And when I kind of look at choosing teams that are pretending and for real, which this is kind of hard to pick. Um, I, I kind of look for consistency, and the Thunder really don't have much of that. Uh, most of their games are either blowout wins or blowout losses. Um, they're a deep team, and they play a lot of guys, and they're really young. I think they play, like, 13 guys, like, a game that get over six, seven minutes, which I think is uh, kind of a lot. But um, I really expect them to kind of fizzle out late in the year, and they'll finish um, probably without a playoff seed um, would be kind of my expectations for them. Um, the players they do have, Shea, are really good. Um, Lou Dort is another one. But um, I really don't see them putting it together this year. I think maybe next year they could make a case of being a maybe an 8-9 seed. I think they're kind of in a similar station, a similar conversation to the Sacramento Kings. Um, the Kings have been young for like three years now. I, we keep talking about how young they are, how good they're going to be in a couple of years. And I think they're kind of going to be stuck in that kind of situation the Kings are. They just always have these young guys, and uh, they don't really ever get good results that they want with them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of like the Thunder's outlook a little bit better than Sacramento's. All the yeah, that was probably a bad comparison. Yeah, I'm they the already have team. a winning culture kind of built. They're kind of flipping around, but, I mean, and I, I don't know. I, I'll push back a little bit because I don't think – I think they could fight for a 10 seed. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those teams aren't looking great. I mean, but e- even then, it's like they're not trying to win now. So if some wins come along the way, then cool, you know, whatever. They have so many draft picks, a lot of young guys. Um, Shea Gilgis is looking really good. We'll get to him some more later. Um, but, yeah, they, I think they'll fizzle out. They'll probably be below 500. But it's their fights, see. They're, they're scrapping together wins because um, they have good coaching. They have good – they just have good management. It's a good organization to play for. Um, yep. And I think Chris Paul being there last year really helped some of those guys. Um, it was a really, really good in that mentor role. Um, and then even Lou Dort, I've, you mentioned him. I know he's been he's been good this year, shooting the three-point ball a lot better. 
these awful times in the bubble um, yeah. shooting the ball, but he's, he's getting a lot better. So it'll be interesting to see his development as well. Already one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. Um, he's young still. Um, so I, I like their outlook. I like their future a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And like you said, Chris Paul being there last year really gave him that feistiness and uh, kind of gave him an identity, I think. Um, you know, Chris Paul's a great locker room guy. I think we've talked about this before, but him being there last year definitely helped them for sure. Yeah. Do you, do you have another uh, pretending team? I do. So my second pretending team are the Pelicans. And right now they're only a 500 team. Um, but I mm-hmm. just – I've watched a few of their, their fourth quarters and highlights. I don't think I've watched a full game from them yet. But I, I just don't think they're that good of a team. I really don't. Um, I'm, I, I don't know if Stan Van Gundy's a good coach anymore. I thought he would really help them. But I don't know. I don't, he wasn't good when he coached last in Detroit. Maybe he's just done being a good coach. Maybe, maybe it's it for him. Um, but if you watch them in fourth quarters, it's kind of the same deal as last year where they just can't close games. They had that game against the Pacers where they just blew the lead, ended up yep. losing in overtime. It was overtime, right, when they played the mm-hmm. Pacers? Yeah. Yeah, and they, they can't close games. I mean, Ingram looks really good. He's looking even better. His defense has to improve, though. He's still not playing hard mm-hmm. on defense, which I thought was something Stan Gundy would bring to that team is them playing harder on defense. Because if you look back on Ingram when he played for the Lakers, he was a pretty good defender. Like, he put a lot of effort on that end of the floor. Um, I don't know if they should make changes now or they should keep waiting. I don't I don't think they should personally make changes, hit the panic button, because they're still young. So if they don't make the playoffs, mm-hmm. they don't make it. They have a lot of young pieces still, and I don't think they should push it. I don't think they should rush. Yep. The James Harden things, those need to be thrown out the window. They shouldn't trade for James Harden. They need to keep their young guys together. Yeah. And then with Zion, I mean, he's been awful, awful defensively. He doesn't mm-hmm. even try. Like, you'll, there'll be shooters in the corner. He'll, like, walk out there to close out on them. I mean, he's been awful defensively, which mm-hmm. has really hurt the team. Um, he just has to try harder, which I don't know if that's something with him just not being in shape. So he's – exerting a lot of effort on offense, but he doesn't have that to exert on defense. Um, but he's been a negative on defense. I mean, he's been awful. JJ is another one. I mean, JJ Reddish, I don't know yeah. what's happened to him this year. I mean, he was he so really good terrible. last year. Yeah. I mean, the past few years, he's been really good. He's gotten almost better with age, but this year he's been bad. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. it's just a slump because it happens to shooters. Hopefully he gets out of that because yeah. he's, he's a really good player. Um but I think he averaged like 15, 16 a game last year. And he's averaging, I want to say seven this year. It hasn't been good. Um, so they need him to play better. Um, so, yeah, what do you think about the Pelicans? Um, yeah, I think some of it might have to do with them adjusting to, is it Eric Bledsoe there now? They swapped mm-hmm. him in Holiday. Yeah, I think losing Holiday hurts them. Like, I think we discussed at the beginning of the season, nobody really won or lost that trade, like for sure. But I think just their identity's kind of changed and uh, just the personnel that's that changed for them. And it's kind of taking them time to adjust. Um, but, yeah, just with the, the defensive effort, I've kind of noticed that, too, just from highlights. Like you said, the uh, Zion stuff um, not being in shape. I kind of can see that. I sort of agree with that. But, yeah, the Pelicans, I think they'll be okay. They'll pro- I think realistically I see them as a playoff team. I'm not sure if what your kind of thought about that is. I don't know. They I, they could be a top 10 team, but I mm-hmm. I don't – either way, they're going to be a first-round exit. First round, yeah. Um, I, especially if you get an A seed. I mean, the Lakers are going to destroy them. They uh-huh. end up getting a top seed. I mean, it's not going to – I don't think it'll be too hard to get at least a 10 seed, but 
I just don't think they're built right now to win a lot of games and because they can't close games out. If you can't close games in the fourth quarter and you're blowing a lot of leads, then that's going to hurt you a lot. But, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I have on the Pelicans. Yeah. Um, yep. I guess we don't want to spend too long on these teams, so we can jump into we're each going to have two teams who are for real. Or do you yep. have one more pretender? No, I've got a I'm, – I'm ready to shift over to the teams who are, yeah. are for real. Yeah, yeah. I'm a team that – we kind of talk about a lot, but I think it's with due respect to the Boston Celtics. They're sitting at seven three, and I think they're really freaking good. Tatum and Brown are phenomenal. I think they're up there with uh, CJ and Dame for real. I know they kind of play different positions, but um, Tatum and Brown are probably one of the best duos right now, besides uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, but I think Brad Stevens is one of the better coaches in the league. So with saying that, right now they're doing everything without Kimba Walker. And because Brad's such a good coach, I think he'll be able to fit Kimba in there really well once again. And they'll have a three-headed monster that's uh, really good in the East. I I got to pick them to go to the finals from the East. I, I, I'm pretty confident in that pick. I think it's a pretty good one. Um, but yeah, just, they look, they look really good too. I know they, uh, they dropped one of the Pacers, not sure who their other losses are, but, um, they look good. I think, uh, right now they're kind of struggling. They're in that COVID boat, I think. Is that one of them? Yeah. Yeah. Tatum, you know, Tatum tested positive. I don't know about mm-hmm. the other players. So yeah, you never know how that's going to affect somebody. Everybody kind of gets affected by that differently, but, um, come the end of it, I think the Celtics are going to be, um, one of the better teams in the East for sure. Yeah, I think so. I like that pick. Tatum Brown, I mean, it's a dangerous combo. And, you know, they have the potential to win now, but even if they don't, I don't think there's a lot of pressure on them. I mean, they're years from reaching their peak still. Um, Tatum 22, Brown 23. Is that right? I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um, it's either you know, that or the other way around. But Yeah. You know, players usually don't hit their peak until like 26, 27. So they have a long way to go, which is mm-hmm. scary. Um, I think Tatum's going to be a future MVP candidate. I really think he'll be in that conversation. You know, Brown could be in there as well. And if those are your top yeah. two players. I mean, they bring it offensively and defensively. Um, Brown showing more playmaking ability this year, which is a big improvement that people haven't talked about, being able to create for others. Tatum yeah. needs to work in that department as well. I think that's a big department they both need to work in is playmaking a little bit. Yep. But that'll come with age. Um, and, yeah, Kemba coming back, I mean, he's your third best player. I think you're in good shape. Um mm-hmm. The things are rough right now because of the COVID situations, a lot of um, uh, contact tracing and stuff like that. Um, but I think once they put it together, once you have Tristan Thompson back in there as well, um, that's a good lineup. Um, you have a good team. Mm-hmm. You're, cl- you're closing lineups, you know, um, Kemba, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and probably and probably Thompson. I mean, you're, you're a dangerous team for sure. So mm-hmm. I like that yeah. a lot. They're good. Um, so I guess I'll jump into my first for real team, and I guess I have to talk about them. We talk, I feel like we talk about them a lot, but I'm gonna do the Warriors. I mean, I, I really, you know, I used to root against them just because it was the Warriors, but I really find myself rooting for them nowadays. Every time I watch mm-hmm. them, I just want them to win because you know, everyone's always talking about, you know, um, how they probably won't be that good this year. Um, you know, I, Steph has been amazing. He's had some down games, but if you look at how teams are guarding him, it's insane. Um, like last night against the Pacers, they were doing box and one. Uh-huh. They threw everything at him. The game. And that's what a lot of teams are doing, trying to shut him out. 
Um, but, I mean, and the thing is, they've been in games even when he's struggling. Mm-hmm. And I think their bench is underrated. They really kind of go – they go 11 guys into their roster. They play a lot of people. Um, and I still think Steph is in that MVP boat. Um, if they get a top MVP – if they get a top eight seed, which I think they will. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, their, their, their bench and role players are kind of underrated. They have some good spark plugs. Um, uh, what's his name? Came off the bench last night, hit some big threes. Um, Damon Lee, he's, he's looked good for him. And then Wiggins, I'm starting to, I'm going to be honest, I'm starting to think they shouldn't trade him. Yeah. Because, I mean, you get some veteran players, but then you, I think you might miss some of the upside that Wiggins brings. And I think coming into the winning culture that Golden State has had has been good for him. His defense has been really good. I don't know if you watched mm-hmm. him last night against the Pacers. I mean, he had some really big defensive plays, and he's looking yeah. a lot better on that end, too. He looks more confident stepping into threes, deep ones with confidence. Um, Draymond's made a big difference on that team as well. Um, yeah. Every All the intangibles he brings. I mean, he's a big reason for Steph's success, being able to create for him. Pascal's been really good off the bench. Um, and honestly, I'm – I'm going to say it. I think they're the second-best team in the West. I do. I mean, you look at the rest of the Western Conference, and I don't think it's that good. Uh-huh. I think it's the Lakers, and then I don't like the rest of the West. I really don't. Yeah. I think they have the potential to be the second-best team. Maybe not winning record-wise, but, I mean, mm-hmm. why? I mean, we have Steph at the level he's at right now, and then the pieces around him. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's that doesn't sound um, all that crazy, really. When you look at the West, you know, you have the Lakers, and then it's – the Suns, I mean, I feel like the Warriors could beat them in a seven-game series. I, I, I kind of believe that. The Mavericks, I mean, outside of Luka, they really don't have many. The Nuggets have struggled so far. But, um, yeah, I think the you don't want to play Steve Kerr in the playoffs. You don't want to see Steph Curry in the playoffs. Um, one of the uh, Pacers announcers, our boy Quinn Buckner, or I think it was him, he said something about um, – the difference between Durant and Curry is Durant can give you like seven points every quarter in his sleep, but it's Steph who can give you seven points in three seconds. If yeah. or not three, but you know, seven points in like two straight possessions. So um, yeah, he could change basketball games for sure. And uh, yeah, that's not all that crazy. Now that you say that, you kind of have me believing in it a little bit. I mean, I just look at the rest of the West, and I really don't like it. So I don't mm-hmm. see why they can't be the second best yeah. team there. The and then, of, they've almost flipped this year. Um, yeah. We at the beginning of the year we talked about how deep the West is going to be. How there's four or five teams that you really fight for that one seed, and that's kind of the East this year. There's four or five yeah. teams, and then we said the East was going to be super uh, competitive, and really the West is the competitive one. They're all with like I think they're what is it? They're like three through almost twelve seeds are within two games. So. Um, it's crazy. It's going to be a, a fun end of the year, I hope, if everything stays this way. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I just – I think you have the Lakers, and then you look at the best teams in the league. I think the next five best teams are in the East. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I, I mean, I don't – I still don't get the hype around the Clippers. I've talked about them a lot. I don't think they're a contender. I don't think they're a winning team. One more thing on the Warriors, I still think Kelly Oubre has to go. I, he's he really? Still, he's not good. I've, I've changed my opinion on Wiggins. But Kelly Oubre, she's not a good player. He's not mm-hmm. in a winning team. I understand he put up numbers last year, but that was on a losing Phoenix team. I think they need to trade him and get some type of veteran player that's mm-hmm. going to make them better. Yeah, Wiggins is great defensively. Oubre is not. And then 
Wiggins is shooting the ball a little better. Ubre is not. So not. I, I could see, I could see them uh, shipping him somewhere for to maybe get that other piece they they need to uh, go for that Western Conference title. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. who's your uh, second for real team, Devin? Uh, so I'm sticking in the West for my second real team. I'm going with the Phoenix Suns. Um, it might just be because my Devin Booker bias, but um, we, yeah, <laughs> we do talk about them a lot. But um, at the beginning of the year, nobody knew like kind of what this new roster would look like. And uh, really, I think they look pretty great. I, I say new roster, but really all they added was a uh, Chris Paul, right? Am I missing a Jay couple? Crowder. Jay Crowder. Yeah. Jay Crowder. He's getting a lot of rotational minutes for them, um, which I think you should. I think Jay Crowder's a, one of the probably one of the best three and D players in the league. Um, but yeah, we talk about them a lot, but so I'll keep it a little bit short, but uh, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, I think, uh, I think they like being a top team in the West. I know that Devin Booker has been on a losing team ever since he was in Kentucky <laughs> or in Kentucky, he was good. But ever since then he's been trapped in Phoenix, not trapped, but um, they haven't been, you know, a top team. And uh, Chris Paul is never, it's been a while since he's been on a top team as well. And uh, so I think with the Nuggets struggling and my little faith in the Clippers, I expect them to be a top three seed in the West. I think the Suns, they could pull that off. And then um, I think come playoff time, they could really make some noise. I think Chris Paul, you know, he's never won a Western Conference title or never won a conference final. But I think just with the playoff experience, he'll help a lot. Um, Booker, I think, is going to do his scoring things. And Really, that whole roster around him, I think it's built really well. And the organization's done a great job. Um, Coaching-wise, I think they, he does a great job as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I won't say too much about them since we, we talk about them a lot. But they have good pieces. And I, the Clippers, I don't, I don't care for much. I mean, they probably have a little bit higher upside than Phoenix. But you have mm-hmm. veterans combined with young talent on Phoenix. is really what you want in a team. Good coaching with Monty Williams. Um, and Chris Paul hasn't even really been good yet. He's kind of struggled a lot, and I expect him to still be good. Um, so yeah, I I think I think Phoenix is the top team in the West, um, but I still think there's a huge gap between the Lakers and everyone else. I don't really think it's close at all. But, kind of yeah. shifting conferences. Do you have a team from the East now? I think. We're yeah. So I kind of for real. For real, I kind of switched it on this one. This is a team that's for real, as in they suck, and it's for real that they suck. I'm going with the Wizards. I mean, I kind of regret we both picked them to make the playoffs. Uh-huh. Um, I think we both had them in the seventh seed. We both had Pacers in the eighth, which, looking back, was obviously yeah. a mistake. But they're they're. I'm a glad bad that team. I'm glad that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, they're bad. I mean, I I I don't know what you do with this team now. I mean, mm-hmm. and the thing is, with Beal, he's been awesome. He's really yeah. been good. He's 35 points a game right now, leading the league right there. That's <laughs> no drop. But he's That's doing it efficiently goes. too. He's been efficient in his scoring, and he's he's a really good player. He's still young, and if I'm him, I don't want to be there anymore. I don't right. like players wanting to switch teams all the time. But if your organization is not doing what they can to help you, which I don't think they have to the full extent, mm-hmm. if I'm Beal, I I want to get out of there. I want to maximize my prime. If I'm one of the best score. He's one of the best scorers in the league right now. Just pure scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, if I'm him, I want out. I don't know what the trade is right now. Um, they've stated that he's not being traded, but if he says he wants out, then he, he might be traded for. Um, mm-hmm. And Westbrook, I mean, I know we talked about him last week, but he, was a reason, he wasn't the reason they were losing. I think he might be. Uh-huh. I mean, he hasn't been good. He's kind of reverted back to the old Westbrook. Um, 
where he's not, you know, really affecting winning like he should. Um, uh-huh. But I, I don't know what they do with that team. Um, a lot of a lot of um, Wizards fans and people around that team talked about how Wall might have been better for that team. He might not be the better player, but they were more established with Wall being there his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, I think they suck, and I kind of regret that we picked them to make the playoffs. I mean, yeah. I, I thought I thought they had a lot of upside, but they they're an awful team, and I think Scott Brooks is done. I think he's mm-hmm. I think he, yeah. he's going to be the first coach to be fired this year, and I think he should be. I like I used to mm-hmm. like him a lot, but. I think some coaches, they just, like, burn out or something. They, they're good for a while, and they're done, and he's done. He's never going to have another head coaching job. Yeah. And uh, Thomas Bryant, is he's done for the year. Is that correct? Did you see yeah. that? ACL, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, besides him, you have Hachimura and, uh, let's see, Bertons, the flamethrower. But those guys aren't going to – they're not going to get it done. Um, yeah. I Like, we did vie for Westbrook not being the reason for them losing – um, I'm kind of starting to get that way, though. I know he's been out the last couple games, I think, with uh, some injuries. But, um, yeah, it's it's time to maybe hit the panic button in Washington. What, think about this. Um, would you trade Beal for Harden? <laughs> no, not if – I'm, if I'm Houston, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. But not if I'm Washington. I mean, right. Harden's not going to elevate them to any level. And right. we'll get to Harden here in a minute. Um I don't want to spend too much time on that, but I definitely don't do that if I'm Washington. Yeah. I just I, say that because you reunite Harden and Westbrook, and then you just have those two duos flip with teams. A, with the worst team. You have Harden and Westbrook yeah. with worst players around them than they did in Houston. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Um, there's no way I do that if I'm Washington, even though Harden might be slightly better. Beal's still young, and I like his attitude a lot more than I like Harden's, but we'll mm-hmm. save the Harden talk for later. Um, yep. I think that's it. Did we get both yeah. of our for real teams? Yeah. Think mm-hmm. So, so next we'll to... dive in to players. You want to yeah. start with um, we'll start with pretending for players. We can start with pretending. Um, my first pretending player. It's gonna sound a little strange, but it's uh Michael Porter Jr. Um, he only played the first four games of the season for him, and then he uh, I think it's a knee or I don't know. It might be a might be a COVID issue. I'm not really sure. Um, but he put up really good numbers. But uh, the thing is that Denver just went one and three in his uh, in his three games. Um, I like Michael Porter Jr. a lot. I think he was great at Missouri. Um, my boy Josh Ackerman, shout out Josh Ackerman. Uh, I know he's listened before. He's a uh, he's a big Missouri fan, so he kind of got me on the Michael Porter Jr. hype train. But um, I just think his injuries are a lot. It's almost going to be too much for him to handle um, when he returns as well. An NBA schedule is hard in itself, and this year it's shorter. But um, I could see Michael Porter Jr. not, um, uh, unfortunately, not really playing out to what he really could be just because of injuries. Um, I think he's in a good place at Denver. I think Denver's going to handle it pretty well. He won't be relied on to be the number one option when you have Jokic and Murray. Murray's looking like himself again on another note. Um, but, yeah, I think just for right now, Michael Porter Jr. is kind of pretending. And uh, he's, he's my first guy to pick for pretending. Yeah, he's not a bad pick. I know he's one of my picks for possible most improved to start mm-hmm. the season. He looked like um, it, too. I don't know. I'm so torn on him because he has a lot of potential. Like, he shows flashes of really great scoring ability, kind of like that Kevin Durant-type scoring ability where he looks really smooth, even in kind of the same shooting form as Durant. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a good pick. I'm not sure. I'm torn on him whether he's going to – end up being a really good player 
Um, I don't know how long we can just keep holding out hope for him, but he's still young. So he can, if he can stay injury free, um, then maybe we'll turn it into something, but that's a big question mark. You look at the rest of his family too, like his brothers and sisters, like they have a lot of injury problems too. And mm-hmm. it's really weird. Makes you wonder like how that runs with the family right. and stuff. Um, but yeah, I like that pick. So um, I guess I'll get into my first pretending player, James yes. Harden. He sucks. <laughs> he's been awful this year. I can't stand the man. I used to be okay with him. There was a lot of hate around him, but he's been awful. I mean, he he had a he had a, has a record now. It's third straight game, third straight game with twenty points or less. Might be four after last night, and I mean that's a record for him. He's never done that before. And I just I. Did you see the comment he came out and yeah, said that's, last night? Yeah, that's crazy. Stuff he said after the game? Like, oh, I just um, we're done here. We can't win. And, you know, he's just yeah. a loser. I can't stand him. And if I'm a team, I don't know why. I don't think there's a market for him at all. I'm not trading for him if I'm a GM. Because the baggage he's going to bring to a mm-hmm. team, I think there's only one team that should trade for him, which I'll get to in a minute. But I don't think there's a market for him. He's not a winning player. Did you see the warm-ups? He How, looks big he's, again. He's yeah. huge, too. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to like fat shame. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I mean, he uh-huh. looks. He out does of shape. not look like James Harden. And I know one of the, yeah, one of the announcers. It was hilarious. Like, yeah, you know, he had a pregame meal yeah. or something. And you know, I, I, I can't stand him. I mean, I think that's a good team mm-hmm. around him. I really do. I think. I mean, Wall's not playing great, but he's still a solid guy around him. Christian Wood. I mean, why wouldn't you want to mm-hmm. play with him? I mean, he's good. And I don't think that's a bad team. I think they should be a fifty. I think should be a five hundred team at least winning half of their games, and they're not. And he's a big reason why they're not is he just gives up in fourth quarters. Um, and the only team I think I would trade for him are if I'm the Nets. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Nets and I can convince Houston to take Kyrie, which would be horrible for Houston because I would I'm not trading for Kyrie if I'm anyone. But if I can convince Houston to take Kyrie and I'm getting Harden back, I think Harden will actually try. Um, and I think that makes the Nets dangerous. It gives them – it gets rid of Kyrie. I don't know. I don't really like the attitude Harden brings, but maybe he'll try again and put an effort if he's mm-hmm. on a winning team like Brooklyn next to Kevin Durant. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think he's he's done being what he used to be. His championship window is closed because he has a horrible attitude about the game. I'm not trading for him if I'm any team. I don't care what I'm giving up. I don't want I don't, I don't want the baggage that he brings. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a lot of baggage for sure. He's not a not a guy you kind of want in the locker room, is what I've heard. And um, the Nets thing doesn't that wouldn't shock me if that kind of actually pans out. Maybe like if the they if the Nets are really serious about trade talks, I think uh, him and Durant would look pretty good together again. I know they played in um, Oklahoma City, but they're two different players now. I think. Um, but yeah. James Harden, he's really getting on my nerves as well. Like you said, I liked how he doesn't treat the game well. He he talks bad about it. I just think uh, he's bad for the game, really. He's really the guy that wants to get to the line more than anything. That's where he gets all his points. Um, he kind of maybe influenced the Trey Youngs who stop in the middle of their dribble and get fouled. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. I can't stand him or Kyrie. They'll trade him for each other. They both have bad attitudes. Um so trade them both for each other. Do you do that trade if you're Houston, though? Do you trade for Kyrie? Um, I think that would be kind of weird putting them and uh, Kyrie and John Wall together. Um, I think you do that if you're really looking to completely rebuild, if you think these comments from uh, 
from James Harden enough to be like, okay, we need to really change your whole outlook. And um, I wouldn't, I would do it. I think it is time for them to rebuild just because Houston is a, I don't think they're winning games right now, but James Harden's really the reason why. Um, I could see them really building around uh, Christian Wood now. Yeah. I I think there's a better trade out there for Houston. If I'm Brooklyn and then Houston comes to me with this, I'm taking it. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, who's your uh, second um, pretending player? My other pretending guy is De'Aaron Fox. Um, at the beginning of the season, I think even last week, I was talking about the Kings and all and how good they were playing. But really, as of this last week, Fox, De'Aaron Fox as a whole has really disappointed me. I know the Kings were winning games for a while, but um, De'Aaron Fox, his numbers have not been great. I don't think he's playing up to the contract that he was given. Um, and I really don't see how he can be your best player and you get to the playoffs um, or, or get a team like through a couple rounds in the playoffs. I think De'Aaron Fox is a good player. Um, I think he's at, at his best when he's kind of the second option and he can play off other people. He really hasn't had that um, role in the NBA yet. But at Kentucky, you know, he always had those guys who were – he had other guys who could make plays for him. And in Sacramento, it's Harrison Barnes and then Bagley, who's a big man, who really doesn't make uh, many plays, which I know Nick's not a fan of Bagley at all. Um, but, yeah, He's a he De'Aaron Fox is a great player. He does great things on the floor, but overall his production has been bad. Um, he was torturing the Pacers for a while. We nobody on our roster could guard him. I know he blew by Aaron Holiday like four straight possessions. So uh, he's a good player. I just I think right now he's not playing up to what he can be and what we all thought he really would be in the season. So I'd say he's kind of underperforming and uh, kind of a pretender at this point. Yeah, and, you know, you're talking about the Pacers, how they couldn't guard him. He shows flashes like that, and then he just uh-huh. kind of disappears, and you don't see him for a while. He just doesn't do anything. And, honestly, if I'm – I know he just had a max extension, but if I'm them, I'm looking at Halliburton off the bench, mm-hmm. and I'm like, maybe yeah. this is the guy I want to build my team around. I, I like Aaron. I think he has a high ceiling, but Halliburton's really good. He already has he, – he's already really smart, high IQ. I think he knows that he already knows the game better than De'Aaron Fox. For some reason, yeah. he has a good feel for the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking down at him, who I think second right now in that rookie of the year um, conversation. I think he'd be first if he was getting more minutes. Yeah. And I don't think they should trade De'Aaron right now because he just signed that huge max extension deal. But I don't know if it, if it continues. And Halliburton, he's good. So I, yeah. I'm kind of looking at that. I'm like, maybe that's the mm-hmm. point guard I want to build around because you can't have both of them. They don't compliment yeah. each other like other backcourts can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I know it's a short sample size of Halliburton, but I think he's a really good player. And I almost side building around him more than Fox because I don't think Fox has that X factor, that aggressiveness. And Halliburton's already showed that he has had that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton, he's a 30 – or not 30, he's 20 years old already. I know he stayed like one extra year in college – so I think that kind of helps him really knowing the game better, um, better than De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox, his at Kentucky, he was more of an ISO guy, and then it was either he's making a play or somebody else is making a play. I can't remember exactly who was on that roster, but um, Tyrese Halliburton, um, Iowa State, they really run a great offense there. Uh, Big Twelve, they score a lot of points. Um, defensively, he might struggle. I'm not really sure how he is defensively or not for sure. Should be better um, than he is. Really? Okay. But yeah, he's a 6'5 point guard, and I think that's a – yeah, I think he's definitely a guy you could build around. Or Halliburton defensively or Fox? 
Uh, Halliburton. He's oh, he, Halliburton's good. Yeah, he's lengthy. He does well. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I I like I like Halliburton a lot, and I think he might be the he might be the way to go around. But then again, mm-hmm. it is a horribly run organization. Um, coaching management, Vladdy Divac sucks. Um, that's why you shouldn't. Most of the time, you shouldn't hire former players to run your team. Yep. They usually turn out well. Never um, does well. But yeah, I, I like the I like that pick. Um, so my second pretending player, Rudy Gobert, which I know I kind of want to talk about the Jazz as well. I don't think we've talked about them at all, but you know, yeah. he, he's had some really bad offensive games, which is weird right now. They're actually second in the West, but I don't think they're a legit team. Um, they're going to make the playoffs because they're going to win a lot of regular season games, but he's an offensive liability. He had four points, 20 rebounds a few nights ago. Wow. And if that's your second best player, I just don't know what your ceiling is. Um, but he had a, he has a huge contract now, two hundred million dollars. So that'll go on until he's thirty three years old. And I just think offensively he's so limited. He can't get his own bucket. I know he's really valuable defensively, being able to switch and stuff. But in today's NBA, you need a center that can do stuff offensively, that can shoot. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know where your ceiling is with him as your second best player, especially with Donovan. He's been kind of inconsistent at times. So yeah. I think your second best player needs to be more of a scoring threat, which Bogdanovich has been hasn't been good either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a guy yeah. I always root for just because he was a pacer, and he, yeah. this year he hasn't really panned out how no. how I know that he can play. Yeah, but that's really all I have about them. I don't mm-hmm. think Utah is going to be a real threat to anyone. Honestly, they're only going to make the playoffs because yeah. they're going to win games. Mike mm-hmm. Conley is looking solid. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to talk about Utah some in the future because you know they have a they have a pretty good record so far, but like you said, they're not going to be a title threat. Um, I would be surprised if they got upset as a higher seed and lost in the first round. Yeah, maybe to a Warriors team or something. But um, kind of switching from pretending players, you want to go ahead and get started with for reals. Let's do it. Yeah. Awesome. My first uh, for real guy. I've got one that kind of shocked me. I was it was sort of tough to look for a. Uh, the uh, pretending players, but um, for real players, you know, you kind of look and just see um, who's playing well. And normally it's the usual suspects, but one guy, Chris Middleton kind of caught my eye. He's averaging career highs this season in points, assists and rebounds. Um, I know it's early, but he's already doing all those numbers. He's found his footing for sure. Um, I think a big part of that is the uh, holiday switch, blood so for holiday. I think, um, Bledsoe makes more plays, so I think um, defense is maybe shifted towards him a lot more than it has in the past. Obviously, um, Giannis is going to get the best other team's best defender, and so I think a lot of the times it's Chris Middleton getting that second best, but I could see Drew Holiday really being the uh, second best threat to other teams offensively, and that's kind of opened it up for Chris Middleton. Um, I think he's probably one of the best – um, second guys on a on a team, I would he, anybody would love to have him on their roster just because of his pure shooting and uh, everything like that. He plays he plays good defense, and I can see him getting an All Star selection for sure this year. I think he's pretty for real. Yeah, and um, I don't want to spend too long talking about him. I've never been a huge fan, the biggest fan mm-hmm. of him. Yeah, because um, it kind of got to the point where like, oh, nobody talks about Chris Middleton, and then everyone was talking about Chris Middleton. Um, and I think he's been good, you know, really good shooter. Um, almost made that 50, 40, 90 club last season. Yeah. I quite did. I think he barely missed out on it. I think he missed it. Cause I remember rooting yeah. for that. Cause that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And he'll get his third all-star selection probably this year. I think he made the last two years. Um, 
I think correct. he's been good. The only real question with him is if, if he's going to bring it in the playoffs because he's shown that he mm-hmm. hasn't before. He hasn't brought it in the playoffs. Yep. Um, so that'll be a big, the biggest question, I think, with him is whether he can translate this regular season success in the playoffs when teams are really, you know, bringing it, bringing it against Giannis. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'll get to my first for real player. Um Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's he's really good, and I think he's the reason we talked about the Thunder some earlier. I think he's a big reason on why they're winning games. Um, he hasn't his stats haven't improved a lot since last year, but he's looked better if you've watched him play. Um, and I think having Chris Paul there last year helped him tremendously um, as a playmaker, as a defender, one of the best defenders in that guard position in the NBA. He's lengthy, um, and you know he's. he's uh, average right now is around 21 points, seven assists, five rebounds. And I think he's only going to get better. He's still young. Um, the Clippers, they really shouldn't have traded him. If you look at their team, when they had him, I mean, he was a big asset to lose. I know they kind of yeah. had to to get Paul George. Um, but he would have been a big fit, a big um, acquisition for him. And that was really good for mm-hmm. Sam Presti to go out and get him. Because I really think he's a guy you can build your team around potentially as your top player because what he brings. Yeah. Um, and then I look at that draft class, um, 2018 draft, and I really I really believe he has the second highest upside in that draft behind Luca. Mm-hmm. I know Trey Young's putting up the numbers and stuff, but I think overall, Shea's a, I think he's not a better player right now, but defensively, what he can bring there, playmaking, all the intangibles he brings and the leadership, mm-hmm. I think he has the potential to be the second best player in that draft behind Luca. Yeah. Yeah, I think the offense and the shooting is going to come for Shea, like towards the um, once it gets further in his career, because I think everybody just kind of figures out how to score in the NBA. Um, but I always forget about his. Was it one year with the Clippers? Yeah, half a year. Yeah, so um, I could see us talking about in four or five years the uh, Thunder absolutely swindling the uh, Clippers there. Well, especially if the Clippers don't win, which I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to. The yeah, because that's kind of the lot. mode they – yeah, they wanted to build around a win right now is what kind of the mode they were in. And, yeah, if they don't win, I feel like it's a bust for them if they don't win a uh, a Western Conference Finals and championship even. And I think Shea is somebody that's going to make a lot of all-star teams. Um, he was – he almost – he was close to making it last year, but it kind of went to Chris Paul as a veteran, which it, it mm-hmm. should have. Yeah. But I could see him possibly make it this year if they stay around 500, which will, yep. I don't know if they will. Um, but I really like Shea. Um, always been a believer. And if you look two years ago, um, when they had that really funky team that made the eighth seed against the Warriors, like he was, he was good mm-hmm. in those uh, six games against the Warriors they played. Um, and he was guarding Seth and Clay a lot, and he looked good on them. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my first for real yeah. player. I don't want to spend too much longer on him. So who's your, uh, who's your second for real player, Devin? My second for real player is Seth Curry. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. It's Seth. Um, he's having his best year so far, and he found a starting role with the Sixers. I know he started with the Mavericks a lot last year, but um, he started every game that the Sixers have played this year. And at the moment, we talked about who shooting's really needed. Um, JJ's not been great, and uh, what's the other guy's name? He's got the neck tats. He hasn't shot the ball well either. I know him and Danny Green went for like. 
one of like 16 i forget his name might be like mike scott maybe mike scott yeah he's yeah so yeah danny green mike scott and uh jj have all shot it really bad but uh danny green last night actually played really well i forget what how much he had um but i think seth curry is going to get those playoff minutes over danny green a little bit uh long term and uh, i'm really happy for seth that he finally found a role in that I think Seth's a good player. Even if Steph wasn't his brother, I think he'd be in the NBA for sure. Um, he's averaging 17 a game, three and a half assists, and uh, he's shooting 60% from the field. And right now, 59 from three, that's going to drop. But um, that's really good right now. Um, I actually have to pull up real quick what Danny Green scored last night because it was it was actually really well. Did you see – that, um, that wasn't last night. He went like 0 of 9. No, it was, he played another game before that. I always forget how do you find like per game splits. Yeah, well, you're finding that on Seth. You know, he's he's looked good, and I I'm not surprised honestly. He he really showed flashes last year in Dallas mm-hmm. of being a guy that could you know not just shoot, but he's shown the ability to create his own shot, um, to make plays for teammates. Um, and I don't know, I I don't know. I almost wonder if Dallas should have kept him. I think yeah. they got better defensively with getting Richardson, which they kind of needed. Um, but I don't know. Seth has looked good, and I think he's going to be important. And I think, you know, once Daryl Morey came in there to Philly, like, oh, we need to put shooters around Simmons and Embiid, um, which mm-hmm. I still think that pairing is going to work out. I don't think those guys should be traded. But that, that's where they got Danny Green and Seth Curry. Or yep. Seth Curry, you know, is obviously shooting well for three, and Danny Green has in the past. He can be streaky. Um but, yeah, I like the Seth Curry pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Sixers play played a back-to-back. And so, the game against Atlanta, he didn't score a single basket. He went two for two from the line. But he, that was when he made the uh, three rings quote to that uh, yeah. fan. I guess yeah. Philly has fans. I don't even know. Yeah, I fans. like to think that was like a team official or something. They're not the <laughs> best. But... Yeah. But, um, yeah, the next night he went out and scored 29 last night against the Heat. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I saw that this morning. I thought, wow. Maybe you know, that quote really got him going. And he has a point about the three rings thing. I mean, he was a big he was a big piece in all three of those teams he was on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the Raptors was probably really, his biggest. Yeah. No, he was – those San Antonio teams, he almost won five. Oh, true. Yeah. Because uh-huh. he went on that five, six-game streak where he was like – he looked like mm-hmm. Steph Curry. First, <laughs> Steph Curry was as good as he was shooting three. I mean, he, he looked like a god. Um, mm-hmm. but he was a big, important piece in three of those um, – all three of the championships he's won. He's a starter – and a closer mm-hmm. on most of those teams. Um, yep. And having him and Seth, back to Seth, having those two guys are on your team, shoot, um, being able to spot up and shoot, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know your pick's Philly to go to the finals from the it East. Is. So I'm sticking right now. Uh, our two teams, Celtics and Philly, looks like the two best options. That'll be fun coming into the year. And for MVP. It's looking like he, he's one of the favorites right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, I can see yeah. that happening. Of MVP candidates, I'll get into my second for real player, we Jeremy got? Grant. Jeremy well, not Grant, really an MVP candidate, <laughs> but um, I was pushing back on him for a while just because he was putting up a lot of the numbers on a uh, on a losing team, which he is. But he he's shown upside, you know. He's really it's rare. So a lot sometimes players will bet on themselves, go to a crappy team, get paid a lot of money, think they can be the guy, and it just doesn't work out. But it has with him so far. You know, through mm-hmm. the first um, ten-ish games. 25 points, six boards, two assists, a steal and a block. Shooting decent from the field, 46% from the field, 37% from three, which those are good numbers. And seven attempts on three is not like he's shooting a low volume, shooting a pretty high volume there. And he looked pretty good. 
um, more yeah. than the highlights I've saw. I haven't watched the Pistons game because I'm not going to. Who, who has um, watched the Pistons game? <laughs> I'm not going to watch them. I don't want to see isolations <laughs> with Mason Plumley. Um, he's been pretty good. Um, I think his numbers are going to drop a little bit. I don't think he's going to maintain 25 a game. He could. Um, he's not going to make an all-star team either way because Detroit is not good. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he's really – he's been that rare case of role player to um, – Becoming, becoming a pretty solid player. Yep. Um, so hopefully he realizes that Detroit isn't the place for him. I mean, he's not a big deal there. But if he's, he could be a solid third, fourth guy on a winning team, I think. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy. Like, oh, he's, he's a winning player. I don't even know if he's the second best guy. But if he's your third guy, I think you have a lot of upside. And if I'm Denver right now, I'm looking at this. I'm like, wow, he, uh, <laughs> we're really missing out on this guy who could have been really good for us. Yeah, because that's a guy they could use right now um, with yeah. kind of them, sh- I guess, not really struggling. But, yeah, like you said, he's he bet on himself to go to that Pistons roster where he knew that they weren't going to be winning games like Denver was. And uh, he really has done well for himself. Um, so that's kind of a guy maybe to cheer for if you yeah. like kind of that underdog bet on myself stories. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, Jeremy Grant, he's a good player bef- um, even before this Philly – this or not Philly, even before this Detroit team, um, he played good minutes for Denver last year. Um, did he get playoff minutes? I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, he looked solid at times in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons he got the contract he did. Yeah, um, he showed some good some good moments. Um, mm-hmm. Got to the Clippers especially, and I also um, think he's somebody that could be a candidate for most improved. If you think it's him and Christian yeah. Wood right now, mm-hmm. um, I think Christian Wood would have the slight bump because there's been a lot more hype around him. I don't yep. think there's a lot of people talking about Grant right now, which is kind of surprising. Right. But he's up from 12 points, three and a half boards, and one assist last year. That's a big jump. Um, double what he pretty much double across the board um, yep. what he was doing last year. Um, he's young still, and I think he has a solid future. He's only 26, so hopefully yep. he can get on a winning team because he could be he could be a um, quality player, an important player yep. on a winning team. Yep. Only on the Hobby Ballers podcast are you going to hear us talking about underrated players like Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant for MVP. Yeah. Get most improved. I've got a I've got a theory about why Detroit signed him. So in practice, you know they need they they need someone that can guard all five positions because they got so many centers. They need they need a Jeremy Grant kind of guy. Yeah, I mean he can really, he can play three positions. He's not the best he defender. He's, he's okay, but he can mm-hmm. really play three, four, or five. Um, and he can handle the ball a little bit, which he's shown at times this year too. Yeah. So I think is that a, is that it for our um, real pretending? I think that's all we have. Right? I think it is. I kind of like that. We'll have to do that segment sometime again. Yeah. So you wanna um, you wanna talk about the segment you came up with here? Yeah. Oh yeah. So right now, I think this is. I thought this would be kind of fun to test our real knowledge about the NBA. We're gonna do some uh, rapid fire trivia about the season or just kind of just random NBA just trivia things we both came up with five questions um I wasn't sure if this was going to be fun or not but I think uh it could be kind of fun to see how little I know about the NBA for sure <laughs> um but yeah I think I'll just go through read all five of mine if you're feeling uh if you're feeling smart right now Nick yeah let's uh let's all rotate right. let's go back and forth all right we can I like the rotating are you good to go now yeah let's do it you want to start right, cool yep so last night, we didn't talk about this. The great Bull Bull made his first start this season. How many points did he end up with? Okay, he's he's Denver, right? Yeah, Denver. How many points? Is this what we're asking? 
Yep, he, they played the Nets last night, and he got a he got the start. I think it was to guard uh, Kevin Durant, and I don't think he did a great job of that. Durant had like thirty nine or something. Okay, so he was solid last year in the playoffs. He showed moments. I know he's been sucking so far, and I feel like if he would have scored a lot, we would have heard about it because it's bull bull. I'm gonna say he had eleven yeah. points. Uh, I was lower than that even. He's finished with five points in his wow. uh, first start of the year. <laughs> wow, uh, that's surprising. Um, I mean, he was good last year. He showed moments, and I thought he would be a, a decent addition to the team. But he sucks so far. So hopefully, he can get back mm-hmm. on track. Yep. All right. So I kind of I uh, for this section, I just went to good old basketball reference. So all stats are courtesy of dumb. Um, um, kind of went some advanced stats. Yep. Um, there. So I I had multiple choice. I'll let you guess first, and I'll give you the four people I had for multiple choice. So. Oh. Thanks, this man. player right now is <laughs> third in the NBA in PER. Who is it? You know, you want me to give you the choice? Third in the NBA in PER. Player efficiency rating third. In the um, NBA. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to guess real quick. Yep. Um, I'm gonna say up. Jeremy Grant. He's not. He is one of no, the options. Jeremy Grant. That, he's one of the. Is options. he really? Okay. He's one of the options I have on here. He's decently high. Now it is a big man stat, so it features PER is right. always you know heavily um helped bigs um so i'll give you the th- i'll give you the other three choices since you already we already eliminated grant christian wood chris boucher and nikola vucevic who is it i'm gonna go with mvp candidate nikola vucevic no chris ah, boucher third chris in the boucher? nba right now in per yeah on that rafters team he is oh, man. which i mean obviously he's not the th- He's not the third best player in the league. He's not close. Yeah, yeah. Which is, but it's interesting. Mean. I was trying to search that up. I'm like, oh, this will this will definitely stunt him. He won't get yeah. this one. Chris Boucher, kind of... third. He's blocked a lot of shots, and he's shooting threes, which helps him in the PER. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pick the him PR up at, are... um, at a free agency in, in fantasy. Yeah, um, oh, that's so a good pick. There. Danny, How's that Danny going, Rockley by the way? tried to steal him from me in a trade, but I'm not accepting it because he's giving me a bunch yeah. of fantasy points. Chris Boucher, third in the NBA yeah. in PER. How is your league going, real quick? You doing all right? I'm uh, one and two right now. Okay. The injury COVID stuff has not helped at all. Yeah. Who's um, at the top? Who's at the top? I don't know the records right now. Okay. Probably Woodrow. Woodrow has. Um, Woodrow. Woodrow has Jokic, which is getting getting him a lot of a lot of fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but right. on the uh, PER right now, just kind of notable players that are up there. Um, Jokic is first, and Beat second. Like I said, Boucher's third. Beal fourth, Durant fifth. It's yeah. kind of an interesting, um, interesting stat there. Yeah, the PER is a fun stat to look at. So here Second we go. Question. Give me the record of the Miami Heat right now. They're, I think they have a losing record right now. I want to say they're, they're either four and five or five and five. They're four and five. Yeah. Good. Nice right there. That's a good one. Yeah, because I was looking at them. I think they're better than the record says. I think yeah, I do be. too. Jimmy's missed some games. Um, mm-hmm. I think a little bit – I think they're asking a little bit too much of Tyler Hero. Yeah. I think, I think he's a good player, but he's only in the second year. They need to tone back a little bit on what they're asking of him right now. Yeah. Um, and I still think they're – I think they're an elite team in the East still, regardless of – Yeah. Um, Tyler Hero had 34 last night. That he was, was a, good uh, last night. He yeah. was. But, he's been but yeah, I know times. what you say. Yeah. Not, I don't think it's his fault, but I think sometimes they ask a little bit too much of him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right, I'm rapid fire. For my second question. 
another advanced stat here, but we're getting into um, teams this time. So this mm-hmm. team is leading the league in net rating right now at 11, mm-hmm. plus 11.4. Who is it? Oh, let's see. It can't be someone who gets blown out. I think it's got to be someone who plays close games. Um, We're Clippers. blowing out teams a lot. Teams <laughs> they are blowing out teams. Um, I Come think on. I'm going to go with the Mavericks just because of that big game against the Clippers. That's a good guess. It's not the Mavericks, though. It's not the so Mavericks. The four okay. choices I have on here. Yep. Four choices for net rating. Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. Oh. Brooklyn, I know they blew out somebody on Christmas. The Celtics got blown out or something. I'm going to go with Brooklyn. Brooklyn, no. They're up there. But it's actually Milwaukee. Milwaukee? Okay. Third straight yeah. year leading the league right now in, in that rating. Wow. Um, they're they're not a team I look at for blowout wins, but yeah. yeah. They, they have a, they've had an easy schedule so far. To, to an extent. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, they're leading the league right now in net rating. They're leading the league gotcha. in offensive rating right now as well. Denver's second in offensive rating, which is interesting. Their defense has been horrible. That's why they're losing. Um, mm-hmm. Bucks are seventh in defensive rating right now. Um, wow. So their offensive rating is really helping them out. It's kind of a bonus question. It's not a big part of it. Who, who do you think is leading the league right now in defensive rating? Leading the league at defensive rating? Is it some somebody who doesn't play a bunch? No, it's a, it's a good team. I'll give okay. you – I think – I don't know how big of a hint this is, but they, they led last year as well. Oh, yeah, that wouldn't help me. Is it Jokic? No, no, to, to the um, team. Oh, a team? Defensive rating, yeah. They led last uh, year in defensive rating as well. Indiana Pacers. The Lakers. <laughs> Lakers, oh, wow. The Lakers yeah. are first right now in defensive rating. Big reason Makes they sense, won though. last year. Makes last sense, year. yeah. Yeah. Often overlooked right. stat for them. All right, here we go. Who is leading the league in steals per game right now? Steals per game. Ooh. It's uh, a hard question. Do you have choices? Um, I could maybe get some real quick at uh, you. Okay. Okay, give me a position. Give me a position. All right, it's a it's a big man. That's kind of why I did it to throw you off. It's a is it Embiid? It's not Embiid. I Jokic. think Embiid was up there though. Not Jokic either. Think of a right, bad East, team. Or not a bad team, but East or West? East. Bad team in the East. Drummond? Nope. I think he's on that team though. Larry Nance. Larry Nance. He's averaging really? two and a half steals right now. Wow. <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, hints there, but uh, Larry Nance. That's a surprising yeah. one. Interesting. Yeah. Next week I'll have options for you if we do this again sometime. No worries. I figure Embiid's averaging a lot of steals right now, so I thought it might. Yeah, be. He, many, I think he was second. I know he was up there. So Larry Nance at two and Larry a half. Larry Nance with two and a half, and I think wow. Embiid had somewhere like right at two. Larry Nance for MVP. It's happening. Player of the year. All right, here we go. This player is leading the league right now in true shooting percentage at seventy-nine percent, which is going to drop because that's crazy high. Who do you true think it is? Shooting percentage. True shooting percentage. Oh. I will tell you this: this stat really heavily values bigs and three-point shooters. For but some like, reason, I know his name, or for some reason, I feel like I know him. You should, um, you should know who it is. Yeah, you know who. You I think know I know who it is. Um, is it? A, is he on the Pistons? <laughs> Not. It values th- bigs and three-point shooters. Bigs so. and threes. Yeah. Let's go a hybrid of two people. Miles Turner. No. Sorry, you want me to give you the choices? Yeah. I think once I gave you the choices, you'll be able to figure out who it is. 
So the choices are Seth Curry, Paul George, Mikel Bridges, or Joe Harris. I think it's Seth Curry. It's Seth Curry. Yeah, yeah I, I knew. It. I looked. I yeah, I saw that stat when I was looking at yeah. looking at Seth Curry stuff. The sixty percent and fifty nine percent three and goal percentages. Those are those have him seventy nine percent. It's gonna drop. That's a the true shooting. Yeah. yeah, but um, Paul George is up there. Mikel is as well. But yeah, that's a stat that really values either three point shooters mm-hmm. or bigs who finish around the rim. I think Rashard Holmes was like third or something, which he's really obviously yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Going away from stats at the moment, name the stadium that the New Orleans Pelicans play in. Ooh, I know this one. It's a Smoothie King Arena. Yeah, right? the Smoothie King, King Center. King yes. Center. Center. I like Smoothie King, so I do know that one. For some reason, that's I want to go. I, I want to go sometime. I know there's yeah. one in like Fishers or something. I don't know. Westfield area. Probably. Yeah, probably there's one. Place there. They put one in Avon. Um, oh, shoot. Yeah. Shout out Avon. Yeah, but there's a lot on the north side too. It's good. Over a little, little bit expensive. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, I can see that. Um, they make good smoothies. But yeah, I'm gonna go in there and ask for the big Zion or something. See if they give me, give me something. Do it. All right. <laughs> All right. So this is an interesting metric I found. This um, on Basketball Reference that values strength of schedule. So who has the hardest? It's like who has okay. the hardest schedule in the league. So who do you think has the hardest schedule in the NBA right now? Like the of games they've already played. Yeah, so they well they value it's the rest of the schedule left. So it values like how okay. much, like how hard the teams they are that they're playing. When they um, play some and stuff. Yeah. How good of a team they are and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know the I think I'm gonna go with Orlando because they play a lot of like Western conference road trips too. And I know they have a hard schedule coming up. So I'm gonna go with the Magic. No, not the Magic. I'll give you the okay. teams though. You might be able to guess it once I give you the teams who has the hardest schedule. So Bulls, the Knicks, the Heat, or the Grizzlies? Um, I'm gonna say Grizzlies just because they're in the Got West. Yeah, yeah, Grizzlies. Hardest schedule in the NBA right now. Which sucks yeah. for them too, because yeah. I think they're a team that had a real shot at the playoffs. The jaw going down mm-hmm. four to six weeks. They don't have Jaron Jackson. I don't know when he's coming back. Uh, and that's that's rough. They have the hardest schedule combined with all their injuries. I don't even know if they're and a shortened season, they might miss out in the playoffs. They might miss out mm-hmm. on the top ten playing seed as well, which really yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're young, so I think they could uh they could probably get through that next year. I think they'll be all right. Okay, my last question for you: Who are the Thunder's top three leading scorers? Oh wow! Um, so I know Shea is there. Is he their first? Shea's one. one. I think he's first. Yeah, George Hill. George Hill's not one of them. He's not one of them? Mm-hmm. Uh, Horford's playing for them, right? Is he up there? He's not. Uh, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know a lot of their players. Lou Dort's yeah. not in there, is he? Lou Dort is. He's their third best. Wow. So, so second the, second, the second guy is the one I put in there because I had no idea who he was, honestly. <laughs> yeah, who is it? It's Hamadou Diallo. Really? He's the yeah. center, isn't he? think so yeah i think he kind of took that wow. steven adams you have his uh, you have his average down i think it was just like 11 or maybe it was 14 i don't know they're wow. not scoring a bunch but lou dort's at 12 i think shea was at in the 20s and diallo might have been 14 wow interesting interesting stat all right so is this my is this my last one here yep i think so all right i'm getting this one i'm due this player is leading the league right now in assist percentage, which the basketball reference calls an estimate 
let's see here, an estimate of the percentage of teammates' field, goal, field goals a player assists on while they're on the floor. So leading the league in, in assist percentage right now. Okay. So, Is it a ridiculous number? Like 100%? Uh, I don't have the number down, but it's pretty okay. high. Okay. Um, I know I keep saying Pacers. I'm going to stick with the Pacers players. I'm going to go with Sabonis. For assist percentage, it's not. Okay. It is a big, though. You want me to give the options? Uh, let me get one game. more guess. Go Jokic. It's Jokic. Jokic yeah. right now. Leading league. Assist percentage. Okay. Assist percentage. Um, my other options are Doncic, LeBron, and Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Luka's second. LeBron's eighth. Westbrook's actually fifth. He's averaging like 11 and a half assists a game right now. And another wow. interesting one, LaMelo is at seventh on that metric. Hey. Good on him. LaMelo for MVP. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we have some historical stuff running a little bit long today, but hey, if you're listening, you can always split it up between a few days. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> our last segment, historical, historical stuff, we're going to start a new little series. It might not be straight. We might split it up with other historical stuff, but we're going to start a series where we go through and each give our top five players at each position. So we're going to start at the point guard position today. Um, we can kind of run through our top three because it's all identical. Is our top three the same? Yes. Um, I'm on the wrong top. Okay. Yeah, all right. Wanna, you want to get started? Want to say yep. who the our, our uh, first three were all identical. So we went with Magic number one, Steph number two, and Oscar Robertson number three. Yeah. Um, I think Steph could probably jump Magic. I don't know, maybe. I don't know. It'd be yeah. pretty tough because Magic has five titles and – I don't know. It'd be pretty tough. I think Steph has changed the game a whole lot. Um, added the shooting for sure. I think he's the best shooter of all time. Um, so I think, I think Steph could eventually end up passing Magic, but for now, I think that's a pretty good three. Um, not many people would probably argue it. Yeah, I don't know. I think I don't know. I think Magic's kind of undisputed the best. Mm-hmm. I think there's other people switch around. Some people have Stockton at second. Some people have Thomas yeah. at second. Um, I think Steph, you know, he's changed the game. He really, he was, he's one of the most important players of all time, I think. I mean, yeah. he really changed the way the game was played with three point shooting. Him and the Warriors had a big part in that. The three titles, the two MVPs. Um, he might get another MVP this year um, if the Warriors keep up what they're doing. Obviously, the greatest shooter of all time. It's not even close. Um, he doesn't really have to do much to become the all-time leader in that category. He's going to he's gonna get there pretty easily. He's third right now. He should have a finals MVP, too. He should have yeah. had that first one. Iguodala was important, but Steph Curry was – it almost overlooks how good he was in those finals because he was awesome in those finals, and he obviously should have won finals MVP that year. And then mm-hmm. with Oscar, you know, he was a – he didn't win a lot, which I think is the one knock on him. Yep. Only the one title. But he was really athletic, kind of ahead of his time. I think him, him being the first guy to average a triple-double was pretty cool, something we never thought would be touched again. Um, so, yeah, those three picks, I think they're pretty good. And I don't know if Steph will ever catch Magic. I mean, for me, I think he's the top seven, eight player of all time, and I don't think Steph's mm-hmm. going to get to that. I think Steph might end up probably top 20 player of all time, maybe top 15. Um, but I think some people are almost reluctant to throw Steph in there as second-best point guard of all time, which I think it's yeah. pretty clear that he is with what mm-hmm. he's done. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know about you, but um, I did mind a lot about um, winning. Yeah, was a big thing for for my list. 
And I think that's what – because I, I could see Stockton being the second-best point guard of all time because he is the league leader in assists. Um, just if he maybe got in one of those finals. I know he had to – he ran into MJ and the Bulls, but, um, okay. yeah. And I have him so, fourth on my list. And I yep. you know I have him that high. I know he never won, but I just think having the Bulls there was a big knock on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also – I don't think Carl Malone was a winning player – I have my mm-hmm. opinions on him as a player and as a person, crappy person, really horrible person. Um, I won't get into that right now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I think having, going against the Bulls was really hurting Stockton. And I think he was a really good player. You could argue he was the best player on some of those, um, on those jazz teams. I haven't ranked higher all time than I do Malone. Um, but that's just, I, I'm not, I've never been a fan of Carl Malone, but yeah, mm-hmm. Stockton's fourth, um he's fourth on my list yep um, so my fourth was uh Isaiah Thomas just yeah because he does have the he has the titles he played with the I would say his Pistons team was a lot better than uh Stockton's Jazz the bad boy Pistons they had they were probably five deep and really the Jazz maybe all, all I can think of is two players for them um but yeah I have him above Stockton probably just because of the uh just the titles and yeah but, so we had um, those being, two guys flipped, basically. Yeah, being the league leader in assists, though Stockton, um, I deserve. I think that deserves some recognition. I think his assists are crazy. I don't think anyone's really close either. All-time leader. In yeah, and he played for so long too. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing that hurts Isaiah Thomas is he was mm-hmm. done when he was like 32, 33. He was done yeah. towards Achilles, and he was done. He was finished. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a really high usage rate back in the days too. I mean. A lot of finals, yeah. a lot of playoffs for them, and that really wore down on his body. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I almost want to put Isaiah higher, but I think longevity fat hurts him a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I guess we have Isaiah and Stockton switch there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we both kind of – I guess we both threw an honorable mention on there. Who's we your, both who's cheated, yep. So I hate to say it, but my honorable mention is Steve Nash. Uh, two MVPs, questionable. Um, those should be Kobe's, I think. Both of them or just one? I don't think he should have won either MVP. Yeah. I think uh, Kobe should probably have at least one more and somebody else maybe should have gotten one. But um, I think Steve Nash, just because of, I don't know, I think he was, he's kind of, when you say point guard, he's kind of the definition of him. Two guys I think of would be maybe three, would be Stockton, Nash. And I left Chris Paul out completely of mine um, just because the fact that he didn't win much. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, Steve Nash was an all-around point guard. I think he could – he passed, he shot, he shot well. His free throws were crazy when he shoot for his career, like 90%, something, something really good. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll let you get into your, five, your fifth guy. Yeah, so I had Isaiah Thomas and Chris Paul as my fifth. You know, I kind of I pushed back on the whole Chris Paul and a winning player thing because I really think he is. I think he just had a bad luck at times. And everyone mm-hmm. looks at the finals moments where he, he kind of went off. But he's had some good finals moments, too. Well, not finals, I'm sorry. Playoffs. He's never made to the finals, obviously. And I don't know if he's ever going to get a title, which kind of sucks for him. But I still I, – I think he's a winning player. I just think the situations didn't work out the best for him. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's another universe where he does have a few championships. Um, but the stature hen, 10-time All-Star, 9 All-NBA, 9 All-Defense – four-time assist leader, six-time steals leader. And he's going to keep climbing. He's top 10 right now in assists and steals. He's going to keep climbing those leaderboards. He could end up with a championship, but I don't think it's going to be with him as the top player. 
I don't know where that path to a championship is. I would say it's the Lakers, but um, him and LeBron have talked about how they don't want to play with each other because they're both, you know, pass first players. Uh-huh. But, um, I've always been a big fan of Chris Paul. I think he's a winning player. He's a really good player. And um, I, and I, I think – I don't think he – there's been a few big games where he's disappeared in the playoffs, and those just some for some reason show out show out more than him for anyone else. Um, and, you know, so we'll see what happens. I have him there. You have Nash. I've never been the biggest Nash fan. I, he definitely should not have won two MVPs. Some of the worst MVPs ever probably should have been Kobe or um, even Shaq. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I I even put Kidd. I probably put Jason Kidd above Nash. Yeah. Um, shout out to a horrible Bleacher Report article I read. They make good stuff, but some of their content is pretty questionable. They had uh, Isaiah Thomas at 10th, and then really? they had Russell Westbrook at 9th above him, which is Oh, ridiculous. my goodness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's strange. Point guards. I think shooting guards will be fun next week. Um, if we do that next week, we might do something else historical. We'll kind of mm-hmm. jump in and out at times, maybe of the um, of the top five players at every position. Um, but yeah, yeah. Jeff, Nick, thanks for. Uh, I yeah. had to take a phone call in the middle of it, so Nick stuck it stuck through with it. Um, but I think we're about to wrap it up. If you sh- Stay the whole time. Shout out to you. Tell yeah. a friend. Tell, Tell your, your grandma. Your mom. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Get some more listeners. Um, That's right. Yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode, episode four of the Hobby Ballers podcast. Yeah. We'll, I think uh, it is four. It's crazy. <laughs> we'll, you'll hear us next week. Yep. Peace. Peace.